I like that watch you brought. That's your grandfather's? Yeah, that's my grandfather's, yeah. Wow, yeah. I, I don't know. I've never, I used to have watches when I was a kid. I don't wear them anymore. I don't like to know what time it is. Uh-huh. And someone else usually has a watch. Or you have your phone and it's always there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It's too much. Like I've actually, I put a little thing over my oven so I can't see what time it is. And uh-huh. I get up in the middle of the night. Cause, and that's actually helped me because we were talking about insomnia mm-hmm. uh, over the holidays. Big difference. Yeah. Uh, I'm sleeping a lot better. I'm still getting up. But I'm not. My mind's like, oh no, it's three thirty. That means I'm only going to get three hours of sleep. <laughs> it goes back to what we're saying, right? It's it's the condition of the mind so much determines how you relate to the world around you. Yeah, and the world around us. Oh, nah. I, I hate reading the news, but I'm sort of addicted to it, and it just seems it's just uh, this, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what to make of it. It's sometimes. sad. It's very sad. There's so many people suffering. Yeah. There's so many people who are. Um, Really trying desperately, no matter who you are or what side of the spectrum or the debate you're on, Mm -hmm. no matter what, people just want to feel comfortable and safe in themselves. And Mm. the problem being that, um, which is one of the first tenets of Raja Yoga, is that you determine your reality. Now, you have to deal with the world. That doesn't mean you can manipulate the world to go according to how you want it. Hardly so. Mm-hmm. But what it means is that you can stay in a state of comfortable. You can be comfortable in yourself. You can be in a state of consciousness where you are in balance enough so that no matter what's going on around you, you still remain in balance. What I see from my vantage point about what's going on in the world now, which it's troublesome, and in some cases it's really dangerous, and and bad things could happen. However, I look at it from uh, a different a different angle. I look at it that people have not many people who are suffering. One of the reasons that they're suffering is that they have been programmed to become dependent on what goes on outside of them. Right. If there's, like, for example, we're not living in a war zone. You know what I mean? But when you read mm-hmm. about certain things, it's almost like when you're, um, if someone's depressed, you know, or something, you can, one way that I sort of help people that, that way is, is to say, well, look around you right now. You're safe right now. Okay. So that's a good sort of starting point. Because it's very easy. If you're someone who can, can consumes media nonstop, you're going to think that the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And for a lot of people, it is. There's a lot of suffering out there for sure. And there's a lot of places in the world where people are, their life's endangered by what's going on around them. In, and in many different ways. Yeah. yeah, so it would be more difficult for that person. But nevertheless, the basis of Raja Yoga is to say, okay, you have a mind. You're not the mind. Mm-hmm. You have a physical body. You're not the physical body. The physical body connects to the world. The world is ever-changing. So your body has to feel what's going on, and it has to change. There is no permanence. There is no such thing as um, anything other than momentary satisfaction, if I can use that word. Because things are always changing, so as soon as you take that bite of your uh, tofu... Um, and there's a feeling of, oh, that tastes good, it's gone. And then there's either the next bite or you had enough and you don't bite anymore. But people aren't trained to know that their life 
that what they're connecting to, their mind, and we talked the last time about the energy body, but even if you don't discuss that, their mind and their physical body is always changing and adapting to the changing world. There is no permanence. There is no fulfillment. Mm. There is no satisfaction. And if you're not putting any attention or awareness on that, then you're sort of your 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 mental awareness, your energetic body. Well, you're going to build. Yeah, you're going to build attachments to the outside world being in a particular way, so that it matches your your internal narrative. Mm-hmm. Truthful or not, doesn't matter. But people are trying so hard to find some sense of ease by manipulating the world around them. Mm. And wow, not that we shouldn't do good things in the world, of course we should, but what we're talking about in this podcast is something much, much more important. It's about how to get yourself in alignment so you're comfortable with yourself, and then you can go out and make a change in the world if it's meant to be. It's very easy to to look at, at yourself, and you, you really are this conglomerate of, of, of where you grew up, the influences that you had, the school that you went to, the media. That the you time consumed, of history you're alive. The time of history, all of those things. And it's very easy to live your whole life without ever stopping and go, well, wait a minute, who am I really? Mm-hmm. You might say, oh, I'm this person and I grew up here. No, you're, those are just sort of labels as you've mm-hmm. gone along. You know, and when you stop to sort of look at that, I think it can be pretty, for me, it was exciting. The same thing you were saying in the last time, the, the first time that you sort of were exposed to. to yeah, that I'm not my mind. Yeah, and you, and you look <laughs> and say, here's a roadmap. <laughs> yeah. You know, here's yeah. a roadmap. And, and it's sad. I listened to a, um, an interview with a Tibetan monk uh, years ago, and they said, well, what is enlightenment like? And he looked into the camera, and he said, very sad mm. sadness and I get that now you know I'm beginning to see that people are suffering just because they are dependent on their outer world for a sense of inner ease and if that world the outer world something that you've relied on to bring you happiness changes you're not happy anymore yeah. and it's going to change yeah it's going to change you mean it's something that is infutable. Yeah, and that, that's a hard thing to accept, I think. But Buddhism is is very strong on impermanence. In fact, oh, yeah. when I when I got my training, they, they just kept hammering it and talking about you're going to die and all of these things. And it's like, when do we get to the good stuff with the flying bikinis <laughs> or whatever? But it's important to have that understanding to wake up every day and go to accept whatever is going to happen, that things are going to change, that you might not be here tomorrow. And I think it's very important to say that this, these aren't beliefs we're talking about. This, yeah, this is, is this is the DNA of a dimension that's in constant change. Yeah. Nothing stays the same. You, but for some the world, reason, the universe, everything, everything. Yeah. So people are trying to repeat those moments where they got a sense of satisfaction, mm-hmm. just a sense, because that's all the mind. The mind is the sixth sense in Raja Yoga, right? It's it's a sense organ. It's mm-hmm. a vehicle. It's not you. I have thoughts, but, oh, thank goodness, I'm not those thoughts. I like the mind also is the one uh, uh, sense that you could say that also encompasses all the others. 
Mm -hmm. You can think about um, the things that you're seeing and things that you're hearing, whereas the ear and, and the mouth and touch, they're very specific. This is what we do. We take in the visual information. Yeah, and even uh, and go so far to say that you can smell something and it can remind you of a good or bad experience that you had maybe 50 years before. Yeah. Yeah. So the mind is a sense organ. Now, when you understand the functionality of the mind, then you don't expect it to do something it's not designed to do. Mm, the mind will not give us satisfaction. It will not allow us to experience anything but a moment of fulfillment, and then it changes again. That's not a mistake. You know, the mind was designed to track the ever-changing world. Mm. That's what it does. It does would, it well. And you'd think that the mind at some point would sort of look down at the body and go, hmm, this thing really is changing, isn't it? Because I, I know in my own sort of um, stream of consciousness throughout my life, I kind of still feel the way that I was when I was 20 years old. Well, now we're talking about something that's really important because the mind can't look down to the body in that way. That would be like saying the steering wheel determines the tires need to be retreaded. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... <laughs> I mean, there's times when I look in the mirror and I go, I, I don't know who that person is. Well, that's, yeah. there we go. The, yeah. That who, What is it that drives the mind? Hmm. What is it that is the, um, the part of us that is not mental, energetic, or physical, but we have a physical body. We have a personality. We have thoughts. But we're not that. So you're talking about awareness then? Call, yeah, we can call that awareness. I like the word because I'm a, a, a meditator. I like the word knower. Knower, okay. Yeah. So the knower is that which brings knowingness to your life. So I know I have a stomach ache or I know I'm hungry. I know I'm having this thought. I know I'm having this thought. You know. does, does Raja Yoga have sort of a knower of the knower, awareness of awareness? Yes, yeah, there's actually terminology for it. So, you know, just kind of show off, right? <laughs> Sanskrit, which I don't know that much. But anyway, Drishti is the knower in the mind. Drishti? Drishti. Okay. Uh, that's the knower in the mind, and everyone has that. You know, you can ask someone, what did you have, uh, what, was, what was your happiest moment in the last week? They can go back, pull out the files, and find the one and go, oh, yeah, it was when I got that call from a dear friend that, you know, they're they're feeling much better now. But isn't that a function of memory, would you say, for that one? That's memory is like a computer. It's stored data. And the knower is the one who knows the stored data. And where to get it. Yeah. And where to get it. Hmm. Okay. So this knower, which some people will call the soul, um, uh, the the knower outside the mind is the Atman. You know that's your that's your what I call the wise, aware, intuitive self. <clears throat> Just to give it some functionality, so we know what it is it does. But when we're connected to that part of us, now to go back to what we're saying, especially these are troubling times. And I would imagine a lot of people who are listening to this are as concerned about what's going on as we are. Mm -hmm. You know, kind, loving, caring people who can see there's a lot of suffering and divisiveness. And and when you when you get so polarized that you believe that the problem is the other person and then conversation disappears, then we can get into really dangerous times, which we don't want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's, it's very much an honor for me to be able to sit here. Thank you so much for creating this. Just to say that 
from what I've been taught and what I've learned and what my practices are about is I have to keep myself in a balanced state so that I can be of use to whoever I can assist. I don't want to be part of the problem. In whatever way that In whatever way that shows up. So in order to do that, what I do is, and this is the reason from the practices, and both of us are meditators, the reason I meditate is so that I can stay in a place where I don't need others or situations to be a certain way for me to experience peace. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there aren't some really... um, disturbing things that happen to me and that I don't get upset. No, but I don't get upset. My mind gets upset. Mm -hmm. And because there's enough of me that knows my mind's upset, it may be that my mind's upset for a good reason and I need to act on it. Mm -hmm. Or it may mean that my mind's upset and it's really silly. And and after all these years of practices and and so forth and knowledge that you've gained from the path... um, when something does arise, you have a lot of tools and you have a lot of experience. To Thank goodness. Back. Yeah. Thank goodness. I had a reaction today and, and uh, when I needed to sort of resolve it, um, the reaction, it, 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 when, I, when I get angry, it just kind of makes me laugh. I just look at myself and go, look at Mr. You know, spiritual man here. But then when I, I, I'm, I'm able to go and, and, and work it through in the proper way, especially when dealing with someone else, there's never a moment of anger. First of all, because I know, well, not first of all, but from experience, I know that it's going to just throw me off. You know, I'm going to have two days where I have to get back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just mm-hmm. to calm the yeah. waters. When you're angry, you're just like, just, yep. you know, splashing the water of your life around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes a while for the for, for the mental waves it's to not just worth it. climb down. It's right? not worth to get ang- angry, you know. Well, and the point being that I still get angry. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I remember we were writing, when we were writing our, our the first book, and we had to publish, but we got to uh, one of the chapters, and I love quotes. I, I just really love quotes. Yeah. There's so many people have said so many amazing things, and it just sparks something in me. I love quotes. Yeah. And so, but we couldn't find a quote for this chapter. I tried everything. I just couldn't find a quote. So finally, Rod and I started laughing and said, it's our book. Why don't we quote ourselves? <laughs> and so that's what we did. And here's the that's quote. Funny. I look forward to the next time I get upset and agitated. I'm, I mean, that's a good strategy because for me, there may be listeners out there, this doesn't affect them. I want to talk to you someday, um, but I still get upset. So it amazes me that I can feel okay one moment and I see something or someone says something and in it's like a slippery slide right down into an agitated state. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to being upset the next time is a good strategy since I'm going to get upset again. But I just reframed it. So now I want to pay more attention to getting upset. Reframe, I think, is a key word. And in the moment that you notice yourself getting upset, if the upset is coming because the world doesn't match your expectations, well, do damage control quickly Mm -hmm. before you say or do something. Right. right. But if the upsetness is something that is, is... drawing you to do something or say something to help another person, well, I want to know that too. So I think, yeah, so you have sort of life hacks that you can do to sort of preempt, mm-hmm. preemptively take that. For example, the uh, on my cell phone, uh, there's some people just say, and, and if they would call, I would see their name and immediately I would go into reaction. So I changed their name on my phone to 
great patience is one example. Oh, that's cool. So that's when it comes thing. up, I go, oh, uh -huh. it's time to be to exhibit great <laughs> patience here, you know, and I automatically get into it. There's actually I've reduced, you know, I put sort of a, a speed bump in between my reaction because my first reaction, if it was just the person's name, go, ah. but here I go, oh, great patience. Yes, great patience. Then I make the connection between who it is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, little things like that. Yeah, you you got to game life, you know, a little bit. You know, whatever we can do to be more aware. Yeah. You know, I mean, it seems like the whole journey is about being aware. And obviously the mind is just the most fascinating thing in the world. It's a really important vehicle. Yeah. It's not going to get you where you want to go unless you have one. Mm. <laughs> you know, back in the 70s when the meditation was just really starting to get some steam, um, some of the meditation teachers, I remember I had one, um, and they said, you know, okay, so the purpose here is we're going to do this technique so you can not think. Well, I really mm. failed at that. Yeah, you can't. You don't I was that. terrible at not thinking. Then I had a teacher, um, and thank you very much, um, because it was, it's, first of all, meditation is not what you think. I always like that. It's rather the thoughts are there, they're not you. You're not the thought. So, have the thoughts, just don't identify yourself as the thought. Mm -hmm. If I really believe that you hurt me, that's a thought. How does that make me feel? That makes me feel separate from you. Okay, something's wrong there. Mm -hmm. I'm not in a state of unity right now. I want to be aware enough to notice that. That's that thing about, you know, I look forward to the next time I get upset. Because well, I'm using the word upset, not in a good way. I'm mm. using the word upset because I'm not getting my way. I want it to be different. And I damn you for not, you know, assisting me in living out my, my narrative. So, Raja Yoga, is there, um, is there a certain um, uh, procedures for mind training? Is there a certain path and steps? or The whole thing is. The whole thing. Yeah, but the way it starts, which I think is so good, is um, they say, okay, you have a mind. That's number one. You're not the mind. Okay, you're not the mind. <laughs> Who are you? So it goes into um, describing the part of you that is unchanging. So these are discourses, and then you would yep. me you would meditate on that idea. Is that sort you of would a meditate typical... on that idea more so than meditate on it, reflect on it. So you'd go out and do a practicum. No. Okay, so I'm not my mind. What does that mean, I'm not my mind? Yeah, when you're standing in the grocery line, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Okay, wow, I can actually observe my thoughts, which is pretty cool. I can be present and not thinking and notice things and be aware of things. That's pretty mm. cool. That is, yeah. You know, and so the first training is first to know you have a mind, you're not the mind, here's how the mind functions. And if you train the mind correctly, then it'll function at an optimal level, which if I use the, you know, being in the zone for an athlete, that's it. That's meditation. That's the goal of Raja Yoga. That would be called Samadhi. That is a unified state, you know, but if you're, um, and if you're a musician, jazz musician, I love jazz. Um, if you're a jazz musician, especially, right, you can't think about what's going on. Right. If you're thinking you're behind already. Yeah. 
you know, and it's time for you to do your riff, and you just missed it, and the drummer takes over for you or whatever. Yeah, I remember seeing a, a, a group in uh, at Yoshi's. I think it was McCoy Tyner, and the saxophone player and the drummer were having just sort of a. They were trying to sort of throw each other off to make sure they were really listening. Oh, cool. Are you really listening to what I'm playing here? <laughs> and uh, I noticed something they were doing. They were leaving a lot of gaps of silence. You know, they go, da 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 da. Ah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because you might be following along. Da 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 da. I love that. Yeah. Were you, yeah, paying yeah, attention. Yeah, so you yeah, really, yeah. Uh, you miss it by just the 16th note. And, and, and it's a really good way. I mean, it's a perfect way of describing it. Um, a good friend of mine, Matt Wilson, who's. An incredible jazz drummer. Uh, we had uh, we had interplay jazz, Fred oh, Haas, yeah. for thirteen years, and we were training advanced improvisational. I'm not. I'm a musician, but I'm not a jazz musician, and so I was doing more of the. I worked the mind. That was my instrument. So I would train people how to work it. But anyway, we would have these incredible concerts together, and Matt would have this ability I could just listen to Matt play drums for a couple hours yeah, yeah. because he is so present to it and so he would always talk about that you know how and he was always into meditation so that was where I was able to you know kind of share and exchange with him but in in the whole thing is you don't want to relive your life you want to be present to the newness of it all all the time mm -hmm. because very seldom do things repeat they're always different it's an ever-changing world so if you trained your mind to be okay with the changes and the reason the mind is not so much the mind is okay you've trained your mind to just think what's necessary to support you in being present in the moment that, that sounds, I would call that easier said than done. I guess Much. it just comes with practice. And we all do it to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure all of us have had moments where we were just in this really nice place where we felt, and it was timeless, you know, it's, it, we were, whatever it was you were doing, mm -hmm. you know, but you, you had no sense of the monotony of time. You weren't trying to force the moment to fit your expectations. Mm -hmm. You were in another state. Well, Raja Yoga speaks about this state, tells you how you can train your mind. Because the second thing is, in Raja Yoga, train the mind, yes, but know who you are. What would be a specific practice then, a meditative practice that would um, be around that? A simple one would be you would repeat, um, let's say you would repeat a mantra, Ha-ri-om. And as you're repeating it, you're observing yourself Repeat, ha, ri, om, and out loud or silent, but you're watching yourself. Then what's inevitably going to happen, at least to me it did, <laughs> is you start thinking. Yeah. So you're focusing on ha, ri, oh, ha, yeah, that's a nice sound. I like that. Oh, there I am. So distractions. Yeah. Some part of you knows you've just gone off in a thought. So now you get a twofer. You're observing the thought, and then you go back and you're observing the Hari Om again. What that does is it flexes the muscle of the knower. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It puts just little, little bits of focus on the part of you that is not the mind, it's not the emotions, it's not the situation, it's not the event. You know, you could be flying an airplane, so you're fully present to that, but you know 
you're flying the airplane, you know the instrument panel, you know where you're going, you know. So the knower is present. When that happens, you're not dependent so much on the world being the way you want it to be. You're more flexible. You have a little bit more patience. That reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, when Charles Lindbergh was flying across the Atlantic. Hmm. It was, I think it was 36 hours, he, and he was just flying a few feet off the water, right, mm-hmm. as, he, as he got into it. But he said that he had, at some point, his body had fallen asleep, and he had like a 360-degree view Oof. of what was happening around him. Yeah. So that, I think, is, yeah, you're talking about the knower. He He's, popped out of his mind. <laughs> he popped out, yeah. Almost, and still, almost by necessity. Right? But, that, but the point is well taken is that he still functioned fine yeah. as a pilot. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. So that first sort of thing of these, um, I would call that the Buddhist calling anyway, the excitation. You're, you're trying to meditate on this mantra and your mind went off somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they talk about course... Um, excitation where you just you go off and it's been a minute and you go oh wait i'm supposed to be doing this mantra and gradually just through practice and and that it gets less and less it's subtle and that's the training of the mind part yes absolutely then the technique that i'm sharing right now is you do all of that absolutely essential however the part of you that is not thinking is not repeating the mantra, so the mind is repeating the mantra, mm-hmm. then the mind loses its ability to focus, and so it goes off on a thought, and you have to bring it back again. That's all working in the mind. However, the practice of becoming more aware, just stop. Okay, I'm repeating Aryom. Who knows? Who knows that that mantra is going on right now? You do this little shift where instead of paying attention to the mantra, you shift your attention to the part of you that knows you're repeating the mantra. Mm. And then the mind wanders. Well, you don't put the attention on the wandering. You put the attention on the one who knows the mind just left Hariom and is thinking. So it's this um, shifting attention from the object you're focusing on to the knower of the object you're focusing on. That's the practice. I I do something similar where um, you're you're paying attention to your thoughts, but it's from a place of stillness. So you Mm -hmm. have the stillness of awareness and the motion of thoughts. So there's those two sort of separate things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So I think that's the knower. That's what you're talking about. That's the knower, yes. Yeah, or that's your wise, aware, intuitive self. When that knower can be present during challenging moments in your life, I would say you would have a really high percentage of times when you would act in accordance with what is best. Sure, yeah. Because all of us are, everyone has an awareness that is unchanging and if we and, and Raja Yoga is the practice of getting in touch with that and allowing that to be more present. Yeah. So also, just sort of you go off on thoughts while you're trying to hold the mantra. Um, there's also dullness, right? You just kind of, uh, you know, you're, you you haven't gone anywhere, but you're just you you've just you're, you're lost your focus on it. Completely. Yeah, I call that the drooling meditation. The drooling, yeah. <laughs> head, yeah. head down, <laughs> sleepitating. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing some heavy pranayama. <laughs> What are the, uh, I know the uh, one, what I was taught anyway when that's happening is like you literally lift your head up a little bit if you're feeling dull. Mm -hmm. And if you're too excited, then you bring it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. These are very, this is when you, this is when you're trying to work on the subtle Uh version. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, when you are spending time, um, and and I invite anyone who is really you know in, in, interested in meditation, it is such a divine practice. It 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 enables you to step back enough from your thinking mind to sit comfortably in yourself and your thinking gets clearer. Your concentration actually increases also. And there's, there's got to help you in, in trying to navigate the world. You know? Well, let's go back to where we started. These are troubling times. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are dangerous times for a lot of people. They're living in a world where, um, where for some people it's life and death, and that's really tough. And what we're all needing to do is, in our own way, however our own genius is is designed, all of us have to feel comfortable enough in ourselves so we don't add to the problem. Mm -hmm. That at least we can be compassionate or, or understanding or loving. But the most important thing is all of us need to be comfortable in ourselves. And if we have more people in that state, um, I do believe that we'll see some pretty remarkable changes. I think things, as bad as they are, I don't think they're as bad as the media likes to portray them. Because it's their job. It's it's their money-making way of, uh, you know, by feeding us all of this bad things and having opinions about what's really going on. But when you go out in the world and, and you interact with people, it's kind of okay. And just because there's some video that comes out and someone's saying something racist or something or someone attacks somebody else, it's kind of a small, percentage-wise, I would say it's small. Now, that's not to downplay those things. No, of course not. No. And especially in areas where war is as prevalent and has been for years, you know, it's it's not the same. But mm -hmm. in general, maybe it's just sort of make, you know, you need to make that discernment in your environment. You know, uh, for example, we we should, we have no complaints. You know, we couldn't possibly live in a safer Oh, my goodness. Place, yeah. Look know? at the blessing of that. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's very few people who have that kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Mm. So the mind, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating You can't live beast. with it. Some people can't live with it, but you can't live without it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Raja Yoga practices again. So that would be one that is very similar to uh, Shamatha and Buddhism. Uh, uh, just sort of having some type of, um, it's called, we call it Shamatha with an object. In that case, the object is the mantra. Mm -hmm. It could be uh, something that you're looking at. It may be a thought that you're having. Um, so what other sort of, uh, as you're moving up the Raja, uh, what other practices? Um, oh, there? so many. I mean, if... Yeah. Um, what would be something, maybe somebody does this, they're sitting down, they're going, okay, I've done this for a while. I'm getting pretty good at it. What would be the next step? As well, if you, can, if you can sit comfortably um, and it, that's not lotus with a spine that's straight and nothing nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Sitting comfortably, that's yep. the operative word. Because yeah, everyone will be comfortable in a different posture. But if the only thing I would say is sit so your spine is perpendicular to the Earth's gravitational pull. If you lie down, what will happen, it's more difficult. It can be done, but it's just a little bit more difficult, especially for beginners. The gravitational pull will pull you more into sleep. Yeah. That's just a one of the things that are suggested. But the first technique, once you've mastered just sitting and breathing and watching yourself breathe, not controlling the breath, yes. just being the observer of your breath, when you can do that for 15, let's say 20 minutes, 
most likely what's going to happen is in that 20 minutes you've already calmed your body so the sympathetic nerves have just calmed down and your rest relax repair mode is kicked in the, the parasympathetic nerves your energetic body has become quiet because you're not moving and your body's now in a rest position and then because you've been focusing and concentrating on the breath and bringing the mind back every time it wandered not making it a big deal, it's going to wander, but you keep bringing it back, then your mind goes into a state which is called the road, wavelessness. That's a big achievement, um, a huge achievement. Yeah, you couldn't expect that the first time. Oh, no, please yeah. don't. Oh, years. <laughs> Although some people out there might have already been practicing, so they're already there, or someone is... Um, really focus. You may get it in or, two sittings. Yeah, genius level. Like yeah. So else. we don't want to set it up that it's it's difficult. It's not difficult. It's actually very simple. It just takes a lot of practice. So if you are focusing on the breath then or in the prana, it seems yeah, it is a good idea to have done that other work where you're you're looking at your excitation and dullness because if you try if you started out with just good prana, point. yeah, 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 your mind would just be all over the place in your session. What you'd think, oh, this yeah, doesn't work. That it doesn't. And meditation is a state of consciousness. It's not an activity. Mm. Um, so, but if you've reached that state where for twenty minutes you can sit comfortably and you're comfortable, then the next step is going to be what we've already mentioned is. Continue with the same technique. Mm -hmm. uh, you might want to try it with a mantra. If you can sit 20 minutes repeating a mantra and every time the mind wanders, you bring it back and you reach this place of peaceful quiet, great, you're ready for the next step. The next step's quite simple. It's actually what I'm describing as concentration. And I find that a lot of what people call meditation isn't really meditation, not in the strict Raja Yoga terminology. Right, I know what you mean. It's dharna, it's concentration, which is a really important step. But once the mind is quiet, you've concentrated. The concentration means you're not thinking of lots of stuff, so the mind gets quiet. Now you're ready for meditation. Dhyan is a Sanskrit word in meditation, and Raja Yoga has eight steps. So concentrations is the sixth. The seventh step is meditation or dhyan. But the definition of meditation is attention on the knower. Mm. So you begin, that's the next step. You go from placing your attention on a thought or the breath or a candle out in front of you, or whatever it is. It really doesn't matter. You know, you can visualize your labradoodle. You know, it, it really, there is no, there's no one set thing that's better than another. Anything you can do with eyes closed to get your mind quiet, the next step is observe whatever you're experiencing. Then you shift from objective reality to subjective reality. Now you're actually focusing on yourself. Hmm. That takes a lot of practice, but wow, it's a cool step. So are your, have your senses imploded then at this point? Was it pratyahara, right? Where you're just like any sounds or anything in front of you just is gone. Because you're in a state of stillness and because the parasympathetic nerves are on, um, you're not in survival mode. And so the body automatically... Um, if something was going to happen, you would know it. Mm. That, that's for sure. But when you've reached this state and you're beginning to practice actual meditation where you're attending to the knower, whatever's happening around you is just a gentle 
gentle wave that goes through, there's no disturbance. I see. None whatsoever. You know, I used to joke about this when we were describing meditation because we would be um, sitting for like 10, 12 hours. We would take three months a year off and go That's go to crazy. a hermitage in India to practice meditation. And, and so we'd be doing all these practices. And I said, you know, it's really amazing. I'd be sitting like six, seven hours and I never peed in my pants. What does that mean? It means you got a body. Your body needs something. Your body, you know it. And then you take care of that function and you come back and you go right back into it again. That's what I've heard from yeah, long people go into long retreats. They go six, 11 hours. The only reason they're getting up is they have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, well, that would be one. And drink. And drink yeah. some water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like meditating now, all this talk about it. It is nice, isn't it? When you just, it kind of seduces the mind into going, okay, I've had enough fun running around thinking about things. Can I take a little rest right now? Yeah, I think it's good also to have a lot of, uh, you know, different practices that you can do. Because if you just have a, one particular one, it can uh, get a little boring, perhaps. If you're doing it every day, every day, it's like, I think it's good to have different ones. Yes, I mean, I think I think that's true. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so many different practices. However, you do want to stay within the range of certain practices because right. what will happen is your mind is really tricky. And so your mind will use a seductive thought to get you out of the practice. Right. And in a sense, what's happening is the mind is not fully able yet to concentrate. And so just by the fact we didn't train it, it goes off in different directions. Mm. So by staying with one thing, you go into this divinely boring state. <laughs> divine. It's boring. divine, but it's boring. Yeah. You know it. You know it so well, you know what comes next. Such a Danandaji would say, um, <laughs> if you want to do this, he said, oh, this is what it was. He goes, I'm going to give you my definition for God. He goes, you know, I'm not a religious person, so my God, so God to me is an acronym, and it's an acronym for go, G-O, D, deep, go, deep. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, so if you, build, if you need water and you're digging and you get down to four feet and there's no water, and then you build, dig another one, and you get down to five feet and no water, and then you've got like 20 holes of between three and five feet, no water. All you had yeah. to do is go one, six feet down, and you might have hit water. Yeah, meditation, boy, boy. So um, we're talking about the, the five bodies. Meditation seems like it's more aligned with the knowledge body and the wisdom body. Meditation would be putting your attention on that which is unchanging. So yeah, that's good. I'd like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. as opposed to, not that you wouldn't, actually you could. I mean, there's a lot of uh, teachers that I know, um, they spend a lot of time in sort of somatic uh, awareness you know mm -hmm. and, and some even say that it's yeah it's, an, it's, oh, it's yeah. a way to to uh, the buddha even actually said that you can just focus on your breath as your meditation practice mm -hmm. and it will take you all the way to enlightenment yeah, yeah. not me but maybe someone else <laughs> <laughs> but i think the point is taken that it's not what you do it's the state of consciousness you do it from mm -hmm. there's no magic word right you exactly. know there's no magic mantra there's no magic technique um it's just whatever it is that fits you and you can stay with it and you can begin to get i'm in the process of getting to know myself so as you do these practices little by little you just realize oh i'm, I'm comfortable mm -hmm. look at all these things are happening and and i'm okay hmm look at that and what happens is we begin 
to undo the addiction to having things be the way we want it or the way our mind has thought it should be. Mm-hmm. And we move to a place where we're much more powerful, where we're, where our own wisdom and our own uh, knowledge, our own ability to handle challenging situations is present. We're not following a playbook anymore. We're comfortable enough in ourselves to handle these situations. I can always tell, yeah, there's tension in my body. If I'm doing something like that, then mm-hmm. I know that, yeah, it's time to sit and it's yeah. time to, and then there's other times it's, like, it's all just flowing. It's yeah. just flowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I like the word sit. Uh, we'll do that. I, people say, well, I'm meditating. I'm saying, whoa, really? So you're putting the attention on the knower for that long? I can't even do that. They go, well, no, that's not really what I'm doing. I said, I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I said, but here's what I say. I don't say I'm meditating. I say I'm sitting. <laughs> Yeah, can't argue with that. <laughs> with the hope that I'll be in touch more with the knower one day. <laughs> yeah, so maybe uh, next time we can go into the uh, to the knowledge and uh, wisdom bodies or mm. vehicles. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, do you want to close this with our, our mantra? Love to. Yeah. So in this journey, may we all, every one of us, just tune in to a place inside of us where we're okay, and that place attunes us, relaxes us, brings us in touch with a reality where things don't change. There's a changeless divine reality. So may we all have the experience of going from the unreal to the real, from the changing to the unchanging to ignorance of who we are, the dependency to need behavior and thoughts and activity to get a sense of self, to go from that to be in touch with our own wise, aware self. It's our ending chant from the Upanishads. Asatoma satgamaye Tamashoma jyotirgamaye Tyorma Amrudam Gamaye Om Shanti 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 Om Peace Peace Peace